good evening uh, to each one of you this evening. Um, I am told, and uh, Pastor Wendy could probably help me with this, that uh, we only remember about 25% of what we hear. But if you see it and you read it, you remember 50%. Well, I'm, I'm going to ask you to help me this evening. I'd like us to read the scriptures. And I, I know that we have all many different versions in this group. But uh, I'd prefer you if you just read along with me in these scriptures beginning, uh, of course, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning to read at verse 6 through 10. Even if I should choose to... I would not be a fool, because I would like to be seen in the truth. But I refrain so no one will think more of me than it is warranted by what I do or say. Or because of these surpassing great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming a seer, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. When I am weak, then I am strong. Shall we pray? Our Father and our God, we pause this evening as we Look into your word. This is your word, Lord, and I am here as your vessel, Lord. I pray that you will give us ears that will hear, eyes that will see, and receptive minds in order that we may look a little closer into what you are saying to us tonight. Thank you for this opportunity to share from your word. Help us to be ever looking to you who is the author and finisher of our faith. And that is why we have made a special effort to come out again this evening. In spite of this morning, there are those of us who felt that we should be here this evening. Thank you for each one that is here, and may we be conscious of your Holy Spirit's guidance. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I personally feel that Satan tries to remove the people of God who is effective in this world 
in one way or yet the other. He does not mind if we are here doing our own thing. But if we are effective witnesses for Christ, then he has a problem. And uh, most of those of all who had a real impact on the church suffered in one way or yet the other. Paul, of course, was no exception. We are reminded from the word that, first of all, he saw things, heard things that no one else have heard. No one. He tells us that this man, talking about himself, was taken into the third heaven. And he saw things that he couldn't speak about. I don't know about you, but that would have been very difficult for me. But he said he couldn't speak about them. But because there were those who had a problem with Paul and actually questioning his apostleship, he said, you know, I'm going to take an opportunity to boast about a man that I know. The question this evening is, what was Paul's thorn in the flesh? I'll be very honest with you, I don't know. The Bible is not very clear to me what the thorn in the flesh was. But I want you to think about it. Here is a man that was given an opportunity to see what no one else had seen. And he couldn't even talk about it. Can you imagine Satan having a conversation when Paul started doing so well? And he says, this is just not fair. You allow him to see and hear all these stuff. Don't you expect him to do whatever you want him to do? But I believe that if you give me an opportunity, I can change him. And he asks permission for the thorn to give him the thorn in the flesh. Yes, you can go ahead and you can give him this thorn because the word of God tells us that it was given by Satan. We don't know what it was, but one thing that I am happy about this evening is that he needed permission to do this. God gave him permission because without permission he could not do it. And we can think of others who the same thing has 
happen to. Paul recognized that his problem was caused, as I indicated, by Satan. But he also knew that it had been given to him. He acknowledged this, as I indicated in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. And it was given to him for a purpose, to keep him from becoming conceited. Again, that could have been very easy. Because here was an opportunity if he really wanted to boast. To talk, ask, hey, which one of you was taken to the third heaven? I could see myself trying to do that right now. Which one of you? What about the revelation I saw? Would you like me to explain them to you? With all of this revelation that he heard, he saw, and didn't have the opportunity to share it, something had to be done to keep him humble. And that came through whatever the thorn in the flesh was. Now there are a number of things that I heard was the thorn in the flesh. One of them was his wife. I'm not even sure he was married, but it's, no, hey, it was his wife. And it is believed that it could have been because of the stoning he had some injuries to his eyes and he couldn't see clearly. There, there are a number of different reasons we hear, but we don't know. We're only speculating. That's all. May I say to you, Paul reminded us that he prayed three times asking God to remove whatever this thorn was. Three times. Now, we need to remember that Paul was in a league by himself. The other apostles said that his writings was hard to understand. But he still prayed three times, and each time he prayed, God says, no. I believe when we ask for something, and God doesn't answer the way we want him to ask, no matter how blatant it is, we don't hear what he is saying. But three times God told him, no. My grace is sufficient for you.
I have discovered that his no was the best possible answer that he could have given to me personally. I was about 17. And I was infatuated with a young lady and I took her home to my dad. And this was a big thing for me because we didn't have that kind of relationship. But I knew that there was nothing I could do if I wanted to marry this woman or this young woman, young girl, uh, without him signing because I was underage. So I decided I was going to ask him to do that. And he got in about nine that evening and I was waiting for him. The girl was sitting there and I said to him, I said, Dad, this is a friend of mine. I want you to uh, sign for me to marry her because I was underage. And he looked at me and he said, son, I sign for your eldest brother, TV, or Talkwell as he was called, your brother George. And every time they had a problem in their marriage, they came back to me and said, if you did not sign. <laughs> We would not have been in the situation we're in today. He says, you are going to wait until you're old enough because I'm not going to do it a third time. <laughs> and I thought he was really hard because for me, he was doing his own thing anyway. So why he won't allow me? When I look back now, and those of you who know my wife, and I believe everybody in you, look what I would have missed. <laughs> Seriously. And this lady is still alive today and all isn't there. And I thought about that. I said, Lord, look what I would have been into. <laughs> if God says no, don't kick the door down because that's the no I have anything else impact me as much as that no I thank God for my dad saying no even if his motive was wrong it helped me because I know that that was not God's plan I wasn't born again in the family of God I didn't ask I was just prepared to do something early in my life that I would have rarely suffered for. Paul reminds us again that in his weakness, God was able to show his strength. Psalm 25 verse 4 and 5 says, Show me your way, Lord. 
Teach me your path. Guide me in your truths. And teach me, for you are God, my Savior. And my hope is in you all day long. Being in his way is so important. Being, making sure that his word is a part of our life. Then our hope will be such that we can find peace, we can find strength, we can find direction. But there was also another man, Stephen. You all know of him. He gave his life for the faith. And I believe that every true believer suffer adversely from time to time. In fact, I believe that most godly people sometimes seem to suffer more. I believe that with all of my heart. And Paul, as I indicated, was no exception. He suffered. What was God's purpose in all this? To keep him humble. Because of the surpassing great revelation that he received. Satan was allowed to give him the thorn in the flesh. Job, you remember, lost all of his family, all his possession, and was afflicted with boils from the head to the foot. Then the Lord said to Satan, the word of God tells us that the angel of the Lord presented, was presenting themselves to God and Satan showed up. And God, being all-knowing, knew why he was there. He knows that he is the accuser of the brethren. And he knew he wanted a piece of Job. Again, the thing that makes me really feel secure is that he could not touch him without God's permission. And the word of God is very clear about this. The question was asked, have you considered my servant Job? And of course, he answered. He indicated that Job was one who was blameless and upright, who feared God and shunned evil. Can he say that about me, about you? But Satan 
ask him a question, God a question. Does Job fear you for nothing? No. He says, no, no. No. Have you not put a hedge around about him and his household? Not only Satan couldn't touch Job, but not even his household. He says, you have put a hedge around about him. You have blessed his, the works of his hands so that his flocks, his herds, have spread throughout the land. Everybody knew about Job because of the blessings of God. And he couldn't touch anything. <coughs> God gave him permission. When anything happens to me that I feel troubled about for whatever reason, there's one thing that comforts me. God is allowing this for a purpose. And it's for my good and his glory. So I need to accept that and really receive it. And instead of asking, why me, Lord, as I've heard so many that I have visited ask, why me? The question I would ask, why not me? Because I'm, I'm in the forefront and Satan wants to discourage me. He wants to do everything in his power to prevent me from lifting up my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. These patriarchs got their degree from the University of Hard Knocks. And when I say that, we, we, we call it the RMB Award, Right Mental Attitude. He is allowing whatever it is that he allow to happen to his saints in order that they may have a, a right mental attitude about who they are and who God is. This is because he wants to build character. Adversity builds character. Adversity and affliction can be, of course, a form of discipline that God uses in our lives when he wants to correct us. And if you heard me, I said it could be 
I am not saying that every time something happens to you, God is punishing you for something that you did wrong. I am not saying that. I said it could be. But sometimes it's in order that he gets the glory out of your life and out of my life. Have you ever prayed, Lord, make me a better Christian? I'm sure sometime or the other you found yourself in a situation and you, you said, oh, I, I, I'm ashamed of myself. Lord, help me to be more like you. The question that I have for you is, how do you react when the roof falls in? When everything seems to be falling apart, how do you react? Especially around those who are non-believers. Would they stop long enough to recognize that, hey, I wonder what gives him or her the peace in spite of all that he or she is going through and desire to know what it is that is keeping you. I remember when I had my surgery for cancer. I've, everybody that came to me practically told me a horror story about what to expect as a result of the cancer. And some people who I really respected, I never expected them to say the things that they said to me. But I had a peace that, a peace that passes all, we, we had that this morning. That's what I was talking about. In spite of the fact that on a scale of one to 10, I was an eight. God gave me a, a peace. I, every morning that I went for treatment, I, I sat in this room with scores of others who were getting treatment and they tell all kinds of horror stories that I couldn't help but hearing. But I can say tonight that not a single thing that happened to them happened to me. Nothing. Psalm 119 verse 67 says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I obey your word. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 6 and 7 says, Because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he 
chasten everyone he accepts as son. Endure hardship as discipline. God treats you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you to will and to do and to act according to his good purpose. The question that I have now is, what should be your response to adversity? James 1 verse 2 and 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Verse 4 says, Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. May I say to you this evening that we as his children don't have to act as if we are beggars because he is able to do abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Romans 5, 3 says, not only so, but we also rejoice in our suffering because we know that, this, that suffering produces perseverance. Why is it that God allow us to suffer? In order that we might learn perseverance. Perseverance character, character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. We don't have to worry about being disappointed when we are tested, when we are tried. May I say to you that God has always, as we were reminded this morning, he has always been there for us. And even when we feel that he is not there, even when we recognize that, you know, you are not as close as you should be, well, it's not God's fault that you feel that way. Check it. You need to check yourself. You need to determine what is it 
that I have done? Or maybe, what is it that you are doing? We need to be willing to find that place that John found close up his breast so that we can hear the heartbeat of our Savior, so that we can know whose we are. Are you walking as close as you should? Romans 8.28 And we know that all things work together for good. The good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Do you know that this evening? <coughs> Do you realize that no matter what happens, is not necessarily the circumstance, but if he allows it, it's for a purpose. And we need to make sure that we realize that it is, as I said before, our good, his glory. Are you prepared to allow him to take full control of your lives as well as mine so that he may be glorified so that he will be willing to do the work in you that needs to be done. Shall we pray? Father, I acknowledge that I have, I have failed you over and over and over again. And sometimes suffering is not very easy. But I thank you for the grace, your grace that is sufficient, for the fact that you have always worked all things out for good. in and through our lives. Lord, thank you for our time tonight. And may we recognize that when problems come, it's only to make us strong. Be gracious unto us, I pray thee. And as we leave this place, but not your presence, Get glory out of our lives, and we will be careful to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory, because it's to you, O Lord, all honor, glory, and praises is due. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Go in peace.